I'm not going to do it. I'm going to stop myself there so I'm not tempted to just roll in the episode. saying garrett and which one is that there's There's quite a a lot of them i'm just sad i mean i wasn't really gonna go anywhere with this (laughs) you know there are old sayings yes there are old sayings and i believe that one of them is if you have to ask whether you should do something then already you probably shouldn't you know (laughs) if you're wondering if you have to ask yourself and your instincts are kicking in and that little angel and devil appear on your shoulder, and it's like, is this a good idea? If you're already thinking about it, just don't, go ahead and don't do it. Nothing good's ever going to come out of it, right? And and that specifically includes fan games, right? Some fan games, your heart's speaking to you, and it's like, you know what? I got to make a fan game. I got I got so much love and admiration for Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, that's, I that's exactly out. who I was thinking of, yeah. Think about it all I got to churn it out. I got all this passion bubbling inside of me. I got to do something with it, or I'm going to explode. I gotta let the whole world know that I'm the number one Sonic the Hedgehog fan. Right. But there are some fandoms that are probably, uh, you know what, you're already starting with a, uh, a short deck of cards there, if you know what I'm saying. Like, you know, not all fandoms are created equal. Yeah. Let's go ahead and piss off the internet community. What are some of the worst fandoms out there, Garrett? My Little Pony. My Little Pony. Mm-hmm. Wow. Brave, brave talk coming from a man who owns a plushie. <laughs> <laughs> and sleeps with it. Uh, I would I would also say uh, probably a year after the game came out, the Undertale community was pretty insufferable. <laughs> I would say that's that's true. Steven Universe, uh, from what I understand, is Steven absolutely god awful. Rick and Morty uh, fans. R- Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty fans. fans are up there for sure. All those all those Redditors. fandoms. Red. <laughs> just the whole Reddit people, community. People with hair. I I just bad. I can't stand them. You know. Pretty bad fandoms. Uh, People who like to eat. Food. I unironically have not gone off the tracks yet. I'm listing people that I find annoying. <laughs> <laughs> well, even even all of those groups that no longer listen to this show, thanks to our uh, our opening here. Bye. Good. Room. I think they 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 pale in comparison to some groups that we've yet to mention, and one group that we're surely going to be talking about today hello everyone and welcome to roll and move the internet's podcast that takes a look at some of the weirder more bizarre board games out there we break them apart see how they work what makes them not work and uh and we we give you a little bit of a review on top of that little cherry on top of the sunday for you and i'm your first co-host and one of the creators of rough draft games thomas Schungerberg. and with me here as always is garrett lively i think this roll and move experiment has uh finally paid off we are <laughs> we're excited to prevent the worst or sorry not prevent we are excited to present the worst implementation of roll and move in any board game ever. It's it is a bunch God of mispronunciations awful. there. I love it. <laughs> God awful. Uh, you know, subhuman to think that someone would even think of this. No one's going to get these jokes. By the way, they're going to have to listen. This is you got to listen in. Why are we even doing this to ourselves? And also with us here is Jeff Lee. Um, you guys remember when you were kids and you'd play playing in the in the playground and. For some reason, there'd always be that one game where you'd pretend to be animals. 
pretend to be different animals. And you get I pick. don't know this. I, I used to always time. pick some sort of some sort of tiger, some sort of cat. You know, I'm a tiger. I'm 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 definitely a cheetah. Uh, I'm one really fast, uh, and I'm I, I I can kill you in one shot. Or I can kill you in one shot. Yeah, I but I now, just come at you. But now that I'm old, now that we're playing this game today, still got the lisp. Yeah, uh, <laughs> still got the lisp, and uh, regret it a little bit. Regret that I made those decisions. This came this came to life. Imagine any of your old childhood fantasies coming to life. Never really mm-hmm. end up that well. Oh yes. Garrett, what game are we talking about today? We've had this this giant convoluted introduction <laughs> talking about subhumans, talking about uh, misspe- misspelled and mispronounced words. What what game are we looking at today? This is all apt descriptions of the Cheetahmen board game, a fan implementation of the Action 52, uh, what, 152th of a game. Uh, yes, that is from the NES back in what eighty two, I believe nineteen eighty two was the original. Yeah, it was nineteen eighty two, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Now, most people, of course, that are listening to the show were probably not around uh, when Action Fifty Two came out. You never know. Uh, actually, it was not. It was not uh, nineteen eighty two. It was uh, nineteen ninety one. Is when nineteen ninety one. That's out. what I meant to say. Nineteen eighty two, I believe, was the. Uh... No, those years are kind of close. Nineteen eighty two. I was looking back at the old uh, history of platformers, and then I was trying to figure out when fighting and pl- like brawling and or shooters and platforms came in. But you're, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So the game came out. Action fifty two. There's a little bit of a history lesson on this. Now, most people know of the Cheetah Men from watching one of the uh, one of the old internet greats, the Angry Video Game Nerd. Uh, used to do. I mean, I think he still does this. Well, yeah, I was gonna say. I almost said R.I.P., but then I was like, no wait, he's still he's still putting content. Out there. <laughs> Good old James Rolfe, still still churning it out, still a machine, awesome guy. Uh, but anyways, one of his early reviews was for the Nintendo game Action Fifty Two, and Action Fifty Two is a Nintendo game that has fifty two games on it. Action packed. Now, action packed. Quality. Now games. think of think of, think of this as if you were a kid, right? Normally, when you would go and you would get a video game from the store, NES games, believe it or not, did used to be expensive. They would be somewhere around maybe uh, 50 bucks, right? 50 bucks for a game. You go get Super Mario Brothers, you're going to have to drop a, a big old Ulysses S. Grant in order <laughs> to walk home with that cartridge. So, Action 52 was famous because their whole advertising campaign was, we have, we have 52 games on one cartridge. And they were ch- they were charging around one hundred and ninety nine dollars for it at the time, which was if you adjust for inflation about three hundred and seventy four dollars. It's less than four dollars uh, a game. I know, Still pretty good. So I can imagine like the kids who brought bro- they broke out the calculator. They're talking to mom over breakfast, and they're like, "Mom, look, get me Action Fifty Two. It's got fifty two games on it. You're gonna be really happy because you're getting fifty two games. More games equals." More fun. Sounds like when I ask my mom for money for Humble Bundle. It's like, yes. it's like you never have to buy another game in your life. Once you have those 52, you are set. You're going to be exploring the depth and broadness of each of those games. Has anyone ever uh, gone through that logic before? I, I know I have. I, if I yeah. buy all the clothes right now, if I spend all the money and buy all the clothes <laughs> that I want right now, this is me in, in maybe middle school, I, I will never need to buy clothes again. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to have my outfits set for the entire year. Well, Photo I just, day? I just Got save it. a ton Field of money. Field day? Got it. Oh, yeah. Exactly. So, the uh, publisher for this was Active Enterprises, and this was essentially their pitch as well. 
in uh, yeah. in all their advertising magazines. But there's only one problem. All the games were really, really, really bad. Uh, we're talking broken games in there that did not work. Games where you could not get past the second level. Uh, there were games in which uh, the controls were not properly programmed. And there wasn't even a jump button when the first thing that you have to do is like leap over a, uh, a pit. <laughs> it was not play tested. It was extremely poorly received. There were carbon copies of games on there, right? Yeah. Let's say that you'd be playing a really, really, really bad space shooter, like a Galaga clone, where you're a spaceship shooting stuff that's sort of scrolling down the screen. Okay. They would re-put that game in there multiple times with, like, different sprites or different skins, right? As we uh, as we referred to so many times on the show. And so, very quickly, you started to realize that so much of this game was fluff. Um so they, one of the games that was their, their, there's their front runner. It's the showstopper. It's the headliner. And it was the Cheetahman. It was a game starring three mutant cheetahs that were maybe teenagers. Maybe. I don't maybe. know. I'm willing to bet that they like pizza too. Because they were very... Oh, hold on. Oh, I see where you're going here. Hold on. I see where you're going. These is, guys this are is, mad. Uh, this is a pretty, you know, accusatory tone, Tom. Where are you going with this? Well, I'm just saying that in 1991, uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were a very, very hot commodity. (laughs) Never heard of them. Turtle Mania was running wild all over the United States. And uh, it it was huge. These anthropomorphic teenage characters that sort of know Kung Fu. And so Action 52 saw this as an opportunity. There were tons of instances of this, by the way, in which people would try to make basically their version of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and try and cash grab with it, right? So they created this universe and these characters. It was the Cheetah and there's three of them and they're Kung Fu Cheetahs and they have to stop an evil scientist who's creating subhuman mutants. Sounds and, a lot like uh, Sonic fanfic. Yeah, <laughs> and they decided that this, this, Action 52, was where they were going to premiere their game. And holy cow, it was just as bad as the rest. You would think that they would put a little bit more effort into it, into the headlining game. But no, it was absolutely terrible. The, the, you couldn't even get through level four, which is actually interesting because like one of the levels in, uh, in our board game is also broken. But nevertheless, whether it be due to the angry video game or the efforts of Action Enterprises itself, the Cheetahman fandom is alive and well today, and apparently people are making board games on Tabletop Simulator dedicated to the old uh, the old uh, franchise. So, Garrett, why don't you tell us a little bit about this? Uh, <laughs> a, a little more. I, I was just browsing while you were talking there, Tom. Uh, a little more history here from Cheetahman Games. I, I think this was like a uh, crowdfunded website that tried to bring back the lost levels or the, the sequel. They're saying Action 52 Games was not produced in the millions. Company records show that 13,722 Action 52 carts were ordered slash delivered from the manufacturer. Pretty rare. With, with 2,875 being on, quote, production hold and never actually being produced slash delivered. There's also some question regarding 4,000 of the cartridges showing as part of the 13,000... Uh, plus inventory, which may have been in support of fictitious orders for a sale in Mexico, which does not seem to have actually taken place. <laughs> the real amount of manufactured may have been less than 6,900. Company records also show that there were 3,813 carts on hand shortly before the business shut down 
which were never accounted for. Let no one ever uh, accuse us of diving into obscure crap because yeah that's not us we we go for the the top of the barrel stuff here that's right and <laughs> there what's what amazes me about that is that there are kickstarters that have been more successful in selling board game <laughs> copies <laughs> than these guys man these guys were like the original uh, man they were the original kickstarter that just like did not did not come through your local all. indie indie game company yeah Trying to make it work as best they can. But we have a board game here in front of us. Someone uh, tried to translate the game from video game, from shitty video game to shitty board game. So tell us a little bit about this uh, this board game here, Garrett, and how it works. And maybe what's inside the game itself, huh? So we've got the Cheetahman board game, uh, a tabletop simulator mod on Steam, of course, that was put out by one Boyks. B-O-Y-K-S, Mr. Boyks. Uh, 10 years of service, level 21 on Steam. And apparently this is a <laughs> this is a little board game that he created back in college um, and implemented it into Tabletop Simulator. A what simple a role guy. move. Yeah, he's a n- nice guy. He, uh, Everyone else in college is partying, but this guy, he's like, you know what I'm going to do on a Friday night? <laughs> Make top of the line rolling moves. He's, he's like, first <laughs> Cheetah Men, then Biker Mice from, Ma- from Mars, and then... <laughs> Street Shark. Street I'm Sharks. covering all the anthropomorphic <laughs> 90s characters in board games. It's got to happen. Yeah, so it, 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 he acknowledges it's a fairly simple and it recreates playing the mostly buggy NES game in board game form. So it's a simple, like we said, roll and move. It's got uh, various enemies scattered throughout. It's got a simple combat system, uh, HP tracker, lives tracker. Uh, but essentially, you don't really make any decisions. You roll the dice and see what happens. Uh, so it's for two to three players. It's got six worlds, uh, of course, level one, level two, level three, level three, level four. It's level got five. level. It's got level three in it. It's got level three. Yeah, you got double level. the dose of level three, Tom. Level double th- the dose of level three. The legendary level three it has in the game. So no, good, no you got to play it twice. That's that's what I they know. always said about level three. It's, it's the best wow. one in the uh, in the Action Fifty Two franchise. Uh, and then it's got various boss fights, which basically it's a, a spot you just get stuck on, and you gotta you gotta roll a between a four and a six, some, sometimes maybe a five and a six. If the boss is harder. This and is the first time that we're seeing multiple dice based purgatories in a game. Yes. Usually, it's like not in a nice sort of crescendo. It's the end of the game, and boy, does this game have a crescendo with one. <laughs> but this is sort of the first time that like we're seeing multiple purgatory hurdles mm-hmm. as you're moving across the board, which is just mind-numbing. It's it's absolutely amazing. It's pretty great. It's pretty great. They they also have a little system. I don't know. I I would think the the Cheetah Men are a, a team, right? They're they're working together to defeat the their, right. their boss, Doctor was it Doctor Morbius or whatever his name is? Uh, yeah, Morbius or yeah. I don't know. You you would think they're working together, but not not in this game. If you ever land on a space with another guy, you gotta brawl with them to to prove your manliness. They're just uh, they're a bunch of the hot headed brothers. I don't know if they're brothers, but they're just you know, a bunch of hotheads, and they wanna <laughs> they wanna claim all the glory. So I guess uh, you know a couple boys horsing around, you know, couple boys <laughs> horsing around trying to save the world. But just you let know, me be, we, let me beat up Doctor Mobius this time. Come on, yeah. So you've got you got these spaces that are uh, kind of laid over. They're overlaid over screenshots of the game, which I, I believe I was watching gameplay YouTube videos of the gameplay. They they are they they're using the uh, 
kind of the landscape that that is present in each world. And they have screenshots of the actual bosses as well as uh, some of the enemies and and the the Cheetahmen themselves as the pawns. So you're going throughout, and basically you're coming over these hazards. You have spaces that say you know move forward to, go back to your classic roll and move fair. Um, and then what we I think we really want to focus on is is the final world, the the sixth world, level five, and that this one is a it's a it's a world devoid of enemies. It's got a bunch of go back, go forward spaces. It's got this ladder at the end, and then the final boss you get on that spot, and all you have to do is roll a five or a six twice. The issue is with that is all the other stuff we talked about is where when you share a space with another player, you quote right. unquote brawl and send the player back. Two spaces. Well, two spaces back from that spot is a spot that says go back two. And one spot back from that spot is a spot that says go ahead one. So you're in this 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 ladder here, and it's it's really great because at the end of the game, if people are clumped up there, you have something like an 80% chance to go back to the spot that is three away. That's, I'm uh, sorry, four away from the boss space. And then once you start brawling with other players, you just get sent back to this go back two spot. And then if you roll a one, you hit that go back two spot, and then you go back two spots. So you, you're just infinitely stuck on this one spot, and you have to roll exactly right to get into the boss space, and then you have to roll exactly right to defeat the boss. And if not, you lose HP, and then eventually <clears throat> yeah. you can just It get just reminds game. me of those like, <laughs> cheesy action films where, like for whatever reason, only one person can fight the main character <laughs> at any point, and people yeah. like step in and step out. Like they're, you know, They get damaged. They're like, hey, let, me, let me handle this instead of just all ganging up on that guy. And, right. uh, and but yeah, but for some reason, like they just kept that, that ladder was hilarious. Like you just could not get to fighting the boss or you couldn't get any separation from your fellow game mates. And right. And the thing that makes it even more infuri- infuriating is that like throughout this entire game, you, did you tell them about the health and the life? Uh, the, the I, I life? mentioned it, I mentioned it, but basically, yeah. So there's enemies throughout and you, you kind of, you, when you land on them, you don't really fight them. You just uh, roll a dice to dodge and you just not survive. get hit. Yeah, and so if you right. if you roll a three or higher, you don't get hit. You don't lose an HP. Everybody starts with three HP and three lives. Right. And there's ways to earn extra lives, which isn't as important. Although Jeff was up to like six, I think, by the end of the game. Yeah. And yeah. I <laughs> and I was not. Uh, so I'm not better. Well, there's no way. Once you get past a certain point, you can't earn extra lives. That's important. That's you correct. can actually die in this game. Oh right? yeah, yeah. You yeah. can like you can be completely like, eliminated. So. so the way that you earn extra lives is you have to go through a warp to a different level, like further in the game. But there's like warps. And then there's also spots that'll just tell you, hey, you got to go back to the start of this level. There's no reason why you didn't die or anything like that, but you have to go back to the start of the level. Yeah. And yeah, I think I think thematically it's kind of like a waterfall that's in the level, and if you if you jump down it, 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 it brings you back. Send you, send you back. So, yeah. I, I think it's something like that, but yeah. Right. Absolutely. So, great. three HP, three lives. If you are get, taking damage from these enemies as you're pushing through the game, you, if you die, you have to restart the level that you're on. And Garrett died multiple times getting up there. I had, I lost almost all of my lives or all three of my lives in the last level just trying to throw myself at the boss. I actually died permanently. Yeah. I uh, I, I lost all my lives and all my Well, it's better than me. I never reached the boss. Garrett never <laughs> so. reached the boss. And I would say every time Garrett died, it happened to be at the end of the, a level. So he had, like, he almost got to the next checkpoint. Uh, but we could never quite reach it, and he would always die. You know what's funny? I, the reason why I had so many lives in, in this particular game yeah, was because of, a, this up. because of a flaw in the game. So um, Thomas and I both hit a warp zone. We ended up on the same spot. 
I lost in, in a brawl and I went back and I hit the warp zone again. So by actually losing a brawl, I got an opportunity to get m multiple warps yeah. and it was in my favor in the end. So I got multiple mm -hmm. lives from, from basically doing something wrong, um, even though it wasn't like a choice. It just kind of, I just kind of rolled it out and it happened that way. Um, but yeah, like at the end of the game, I think I had six lives and everyone else was at, like, I think Thomas is at four Garrett was just stuck at four three. Garrett had three yeah yeah so it was it was really strange like I didn't do anything it wasn't you know it wasn't a decision I made it just happened that way that I happened to lose a fight early on and I just got lucky and got extra lives and it helped out in the end by you know I, I could right. just keep fighting the boss as many times as I needed and the other thing about this game is you you would think it would be pretty simple and pretty clear of what you're supposed to do and where you're supposed to go if it's a roll and move game but to give you an idea of the spaces that you're supposed to be moving through on this board, look at a calendar. Do you see how close all the squares are to one another? <laughs> and how it's like almost in just one giant big grid? So if you look very closely at the game, you'll see these tiny arrows that are directing you to like a seemingly random order of these squares on the calendar. Yeah. So you'll go like right, then right, then down, then right then down, then left, then down, then left, then up, then left. And when you could just, like, make it super easy and yeah. have them go in, like, a serpentine pattern, like a big S pattern, you know, the mm -hmm. Z, Z pattern, the one that you read in. and But no, not here. And there's no reason for that either. Maybe if they had had some sort of an art on the game, like, oh, well, you have to go around this river, obviously. Or, oh, you have to go uh, across this hazard, so you have to go in this direction. Right. There was no art. It was just white boxes and arrows telling you, this time you're going to go up, this time you're going to go left, this time you're going to go left, this time you're going to go down, now you're going to go right. And then there was no method to this madness at all. And th the resolution pictures that he used for the <laughs> arrows, you like zoom in, and you're like, is that an arrow? Is, is that a star or an arrow? Yeah, what bugged me was that, like, you know, most of the time when they make no. these games, they might make a bad symbol once. <clears throat> And then just copy it over and over and over. But it seemed like he made this the symbol every time he had to put a symbol on the board. So none of the symbols were the same size <laughs> <laughs> or the same shape. And like Thomas was saying, one of them was so crunched together it looked like a star, like an asterisk. <laughs> so like we we couldn't quite tell what to do with some of the spaces sometimes. And it was it was really wonky. Even, like at least in Sonic the Hedgehog, um, that that tabletop simulator board game. We, mm -hmm. you know, like Thomas was saying, you understood that you're going along a path. It made sense why you're kind of branching and twisting and stuff like that. But in this game, it didn't, it didn't do that. It didn't have any reason for, for the kind of, um, the, the board game path that it took. No, it was, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. And most of the, I mean, all the graphics are just like, it was text in the middle of the square saying, move forward two, move back one. Here's an enemy here. Uh, you're going to lose some HP. You're going to have to deal with it. And if you die, you have to restart the level that you're on. My favorite, though, I'm not sure which I liked more in the game. And by like, I mean just <laughs> hate the most. <laughs> I mean hate the most, but I have, like, the sick, twisted smile on my face. It's just like, I don't know, maybe I deserve this in some sort of a cosmic <laughs> way. Uh, I'm not sure if I like the double level three, mo like, level three, part two, Electric Boogaloo, <laughs> or... If I like the last level more, which which do you prefer, Garrett? No. Level three, part two is objectively the hardest level in the game because there <laughs> it had so everything. It had it had I think the most enemies. It had a boss at the end, and it had a go back, but it wasn't go back to its own level. It was going back to the original level three <laughs> because it was mismarked. So I yeah, it was like the hardest, definitely the biggest pitfall for, in the game. For okay, sure. so for to for context, level five the 
the the ultimate level is they have three go ahead spots and a single go back to spot. That's the only negative. No enemies. Spot, no other, enemies other than the boss. And yeah, only the boss. the boss. You just fight the boss. Level three, part two, has five enemies. It has one go back to spot, and it has a single spot that says go back to the level three, which we presume is this level three, not the previous level three. And a the only positive square is go ahead one spot. <laughs> which which puts you closer to the enemy of the boss, and the boss you right. have to roll a five or a six. Super, hard, it's a hard boss. You, you know you have a you know a sixty, what's it, eighty percent chance to sixty no, percent. I can't. I, I, I'm you have a sixty six point six repeating. Of yeah, course, you got a, you got, a, you got an awful chance to beat the boss. You've got the spot that says go back to the beginning. You've got all these enemies that'll send you back to the beginning. You've got a spot that says go back to putting you back on an enemy, which is great. I like that level three objectively the worst level yeah uh, i think the only way to make it worse would have been a couple more spaces before the boss and throw the ladder from level five in and it would have been hell like that would have been I, we probably would have called the game there uh, if, if they had the ladder in that level See, the thing with level five is it's only bad if you get clumped up players there because it, it you are just in this endless loop of falling down the ladder and, and fighting to climb yeah, up yeah fighting you know, like almost like a home alone sequence right. of you scrambling up a ladder but yeah, it, it was, it's it's insane. Level I, I think level three part two is 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 the worst part of this game. Thomas, and, and, you the, saying, and the best part of this game. Did I hear you say that uh, you can't finish level four in the actual game in the NES version? Maybe. Yeah, there's one of the game one of the levels in the original Cheetahman is technically unfinished. So in order to finish it, you have to like hack the game. I believe uh-huh. they had they had to do this on SGDQ where they had to do some sort of a glitch that would actually allow them to get to the final level. I wonder um, if um, if this was like, I don't know if this is true, but the, the tabletop simulator version was a nod because that level was glitched, so maybe they did two level threes. I don't know. Um, maybe. I think I, I think he's in on all of this. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got to be, right? If you're making this game, taking the time to make the TTS game of this right. of the Cheetah Man, he's got to be in on it. Right. At least we hope. Never underestimate the fan base. That's the big rule. Uh, they are capable of creating the most terrible, terrible board games. So one thing that I thought was a really interesting choice on the uh, the designer was to make it a competitive game yeah. when the video game is 100% cooperative. Uh, because with the brawling mechanic, it was, you don't lose health, but yeah. it was, you're drastically impeding the length of time that it's going to take for you to be able to finish this game. Sure. Because you're just sending each other backward. And I was wondering what you guys thought was the uh, the reason that they made that choice. Uh, so, I do you know, was the original Cheetahman, was it like two-player? Could you do two-player on it? Yeah, was that Um, I think it was just one player. And when you died, rather than straight up dying, you would switch to you a tap different tap somebody in, basically? Yeah, sort of like the, the old school, well, hmm, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles right. game. When <laughs> one of your turtles died... You would uh, swap in with uh, one of the other turtles. Yeah, because I, when I was watching the video play of it, basically you go through two levels as Apollo, then two levels as Ares, then two levels as, as Hercules. I think there's six levels. Oh, yeah. is that the way it's done? Yeah, that that's, it might be actually. Yeah, yeah, that so that's how it was in the game. So basically, each one had had a level that was kind of. I'm not sure if it was thematically designed for their skills or whatever. It, it doesn't seem to be, but I, I don't think they had any. I mean the the characters all do the exact same thing. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. It's an interesting, it's an interesting, I, I, I'm going to push back against you on that. I would say Hercules is actually 
improperly coded because he's larger than all of the other cheetah men and his punch move actually goes over most enemies is that true I, no, I, yes <laughs> and if you're hercules you're in big trouble because you can't that's, you that's, can't fight most an, of the enemies well that level. that was apt because i was in last place the entire game and i could not ever get past an enemy so you know and mm-hmm. he did a great job coding my roles because that was <laughs> exactly because they're all bad they're all bad uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think the the one thing. So I have two complaints about the implementation of this board game, whether or not he did this on purpose or not, is the cooperative aspect and the white squares that you, you had already talked about. I think everything else is perfectly in theme with this awful <laughs> video game, and I think he made it as infuriating and, and as frustrating as the original game. And I, I think all of that is in in theme. So yeah, I have a problem with the cooperative, the non cooperative aspect of it, and just the the layout of the tiles. But other than that, I think I think it's a spot on implementation in board game form of, of a of an I sort of I sort of want to also bring up a a unique thing that I have observed here. Uh, it's sort of like the reverse of a law of diminishing returns. Yeah. Like after we had gotten through world one or level one, whatever you want to call it, I thought we were gonna quit. I thought we were gonna go, okay, we know what the game is all about. We got through the first boss. We know what we know what the deal is. All right. Let's go ahead and record. And then we, we we didn't. And we pushed through. And by the time we got to, like, second version of level three and I had gone through everything to get there, I was like, well, now we got to <laughs> <we gotta laughs> finish. finish the game. <laughs> and then by the time that, like, I was so, when we, when we were fighting over the last uh, spot in order to be able to finish off the boss, I was running really low on life. And I was like, what if, how sick. How messed up would it be? How demented do you have to be to create a game where after all this, we could all potentially die to the boss? It was close. It was was fairly close. And then I I think there's a mechanic wherein if you're the last one alive, you win, right? Where if you're the last one who is on the board, you automatically win. I did. I was thinking that, like, because you know, I had a lot more lives due to that, due to the bug or the uh, glitch earlier, and I was wondering if, um, if you two had died, if I, if I, I, I wanted to try to beat the boss, <laughs> I was gonna keep you guys there, right? But um, so what if, what if we had died, Jeff, and the game had ended before you had a chance to beat the boss? I would have been mad. I would have won. I would have won. Would you have been happy, or would you have been no. sort of? No, I wouldn't have been happy. I want, I want closure. If my two brothers had died in combat, even though I was brawling them, <laughs> my fellow felines, my extra, my fellow cheetahmen, my fellow cheetahmen, up in that great big litter box in the sky, then watching down on to, me, fight the big fight. Right. I, you know, I would have, I would have wanted to complete the mission. Mm-hmm. Complete mission, mission accomplished. That's I wanted to fly that banner at the end of the no, game. I, I think that I think it's a fair point. That w- that would not have been a satisfying victory. No, uh, to... right. So why even let that be a victory condition? Exactly. That's a good. That's yeah. a good question. I, no, no one's going to want that. I feel like after you've gone that far, if your friends die off and like one's st- stuck in hell and like level three, because with a game this bad, you're not really. It's almost like everyone's going through boot camp together. Everyone's going through hell together. Yeah. And so, do you really want to let the game end by going, I guess I was the last to die. I, I lived the longest. That <laughs> yeah. is the most unsatisfying ending I can possibly think of. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. I, I think that makes the, co- the non-cooperative aspect even worse because... 
because of that. Yeah. Um, I think it would have been fine if you just left it as you guys can brawl and kind of get in each other's way, you know, have the friendly rivalry with some, you know, some teens with a uh, high testosterone in their cheetah bodies. I, I well, think, they've been uh, eating too much pizza. It, a little too much pizza. A little, pizza. little too much, much pizza. pizza. So, yeah, no, I, I, I think you're 100% bunga. right. But that, that resolution at the end, well, if you're the last one standing, you automatically win. Well, it's weird because there's like, a, there's a, a chance times... I could have. There's a chance I could have won at the end because I was just, you know, piddling along in the back, hit, going back to rolling a two, going back to rolling a two. You know, I was stuck in these loops of just like moving back spaces and making no progress while you guys were uh, taking damage trying to fight the final boss. So, yeah, I, I 100% agree. That's a that's a oversight, I think, on uh, the part of Boyk. Yeah. And uh, I was going to add, like, usually in knockout games, like you're playing against each other and, it, you know, um, I have my own qualms with knockout games where, you know, people play, like you, you start with five people and eventually it's just down to like two people and the rest, the other three people are just kind of watching and it doesn't make it fun for everybody. Um, but that's kind of how this game feels in a way. But even though it's not designed to be a knockout game, right? It's not designed where you're actively trying to make your other, uh, you know, game mates lose or get knocked out of the game. They just, it's just kind of this like war of attrition. And, and like you're saying, at the mm-hmm. end, like when people are going to get knocked out, you're like, well, that kind of felt weird. I, I wasn't doing that intentionally. It just kind of happened. Um, and like now I kind of just won because in the last man standing, even though I didn't really have any say or um, a- any reason to do that. You know, if, if I had done it intentionally, if I was trying to knock Garrett out of the game, then that would have been different. You know, I made it. I made an intentional choice, but it was just kind of circumstance in this game. And it just kind of felt really cheap. I, I don't know. I, as far as this game goes and it being like because there is sort of like an equation that you have to run through in your head when it comes to uh, figuring out. How true to the game do I want to be, and how bad of an experience do I want to give them? With with our Oregon Oregon Trail game, I feel like that that was I was I I gave them a little bit more credit because I felt like the the atmosphere of that game and the original game lended itself to to recreation because it was so memorable and everyone had grown up playing it. I'd never actually played Cheetahman. The only reason that I saw Cheetahman was because I saw it on like the Angry Video Game Nerd or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I just don't feel the the connection, and w- I don't think this is necessarily worth a fan recreation. <laughs> and so, I mean, my heart goes out to the creator who spent his time uh, busting his tail trying to make this thing in college. But I'm just gonna tell him right now: you should have gone to the party, bro. You should have just <laughs> gone to the party. <laughs> Might have been worth that. I'm time. not sure. Might have been Might mediocre, been worth, but yeah. Might have been this. mediocre, but better than this for certain uh do we have any reactions or reviews to the game garrett that we can sort of go over i mean is this well received at all or very little so interestingly this is uh this has got a bigger base than mediocre luigi party we had 1889 unique visitors to this page with 436 subscribers uh seven people favorited it and there's only three comments one of which is from boyks the other two are uh, I believe just a quote. One is the Cheetah Men ran off, and now the Cheetah Men. That's that's all that says. And then <laughs> the only quote unquote review we have from Dutch Planderland is this game was actually fun. I had two Cheetah Men battling on the space after go back to level two. So whenever they fought, they keep moving back two spaces to fight again. They were stuck in limbo, so I left them behind while the other Cheetah Men won easily. There you go. Which is a uh, that's what happened to me specifically. YouTube moved up. So I love that he finds a glaring game mechanic flaw, and he's like, "Yeah, it's great, it great, fun." Yep, they're stuck in limbo. Neither of my two characters can actually move. They're in an endless loop of 
of fighting. One of them gets knocked back two spaces, and then it goes forward two spaces, and then they have to fight again. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, let's roll with it. That sounds good to me. I'll just take him on with one guy. Must have had a really good dice rolling. That was good because it didn't say. happen to me, so I like the game. I'll tell you this much. It definitely wasn't Hercules who was moving forward. It must have been Apollo or something like that because uh, that's the only one who can get the job done, as we all know. Yeah, Hercules was a, a major failure in my eyes. Oh, yeah. He let me down. Let me down. So, who wants to kick things off here with uh, with sort of their final rating? Put some numbers to the uh, to the logic, so to speak. Um, yeah, I can go first. So, it's really hard for me to you know to empathize with the theme because, like you're saying, Tom, I never really played. I never played Cheetahman as a kid. I played like similar Action Fifty Two type games where there's a lot of really bad games in there. Um, so, I kind of understand from that perspective. But if they tried to sell this or pitch this as their their flagship game, uh, definitely fell short. Um, you know, from it that came aspect. with a comic book, man. It came with it, a comic that's, book. That's, that's pretty cool. But uh, you know, this is this is the tabletop. Obviously, we're reviewing the tabletop um, interpretation of this. Yeah, I think um, you know, if intentional, um, if intentional or not, still, you know, some of the some of the mechanics in this game are a little unforgivable. In that, you know, you warp warp zones give you extra lives for some reason. Uh, you can those are in some ways exploitable um, or by accident exploitable. Um, you can, you know, there's a lot of, a, a lot of go backs in the game, uh, that really knock you back pretty far. And it's basically like this slow war of attrition. You never feel like you're making any intentional moves in the game. I think from the thematic perspective, it would have been really interesting if, um, you know, cause the three different cheetah men have different, um, aspects, right? Hercules is obviously the stronger one. Uh, Ares, um, is a God of war, so you can fight. It would have been cool to have some sort of characteristics in the game to where it felt like, you know, when you're choosing a character, it made some difference. But as you guys said, they're all right. the same. Um, and it didn't really make a big difference there. So I wish they would have done that. That would have been kind of cool from a thematic perspective. That's a good point, sort of giving them. Because even in the video game, I think like Apollo or Ares, one of them has a crossbow. It's the only one with a ranged attack, yeah, which is yeah. super So it would have been kind of interesting. Like maybe, I mean, it would have, even if it wasn't, roll one or two if even if it was roll four or five even though does it change the game by any by means from balance it would have been just like thematically kind of interesting i don't know um mm -hmm. but yeah not a great game from my perspective um mostly roll and move i'm gonna score it similar to sonic but probably worse so i'm gonna give it like a one and a half Ooh, brutal um but well deserved i'm gonna be <laughs> somewhere in the same neighborhood i will say uh i i think that the the amount of bottlenecking that occurs in this game is mind numbing and mind blowing at the same time so your mind explodes you just don't really feel it when it happens <laughs> and i i, I also i, I want to make note of the 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 poor square design and the lack of of knowledge on where to go was was a pretty big deal to me because that sort of confusion is just that's that seems like it's going to be more of a mistake on the designer's part than rather a an ode to the. That's the one thing you want to get right to in, a, in a role yeah. move game. Like if the mechanics are bad, you want to at least let people right. know where to go. Yeah, if you're gonna have me roll in a move, and I should got I should know where I'm moving. You know, that's whole that's half of the whole show right there. So I I I don't I think there are a lot of things that were just sort of like overlooked. Like maybe he did this in a weekend. Maybe he started the project on a Sunday. Right, and he was like, "Oh man, I really got to get this done because I got like finals on Monday, and you know, <laughs> I really should have been studying, but I just I saw this AVGN episode and I got a little carried away." Uh, but yeah, I I think that the game is uh, 
it's not as good as the Sonic fan version. I thought the Sonic fan version worked a lot better. I thought that it was a lot more true to the actual theme of the uh, game with the giant board and the uh, the amount of spaces that you can move. Um, and I didn't even rate that one that well. What did I give the Sonic game? Two and a half. A two and a half? Oof. This one, I'm going to probably have to give half of that. I'm going to give it a 1.25. This thing was this thing was pretty trash, but I have to give it a little bit of credit because by the end of it, I was like, I got to beat the boss. If you can make me sort of feel a little bit invested, a little bit emotional, and if I'm disappointed when I die and I'm not like, oh, finally I get to go do something else, then you have to be doing something right. So that's what the extra 0.25 is, is for, for me. All right, Garrett, you wanted to be last. You got it. You are. I think this was a fine implementation of a terrible video game. I think it encapsulated the feeling of being desperate, lost, uh, frustrated, um, unable to move ahead. Uh, as you as you said, the cooperation I think is a is a little lacking. The or it, the non cooperation is a little lacking because I I think in the game it it should be more of a cooperative game also the spaces are, are rough around the edges mm-hmm. but uh you know i think it does a good job of evoking the feelings that you would feel if you were playing this game back in 92 or 93 and you had paid you know 100 300 bucks to get the cheetahman and you're just mad i think right. it did a really good job of that and i'm not sure if that's what he was going for but i'm gonna assume it was <laughs> that disappointment <laughs> That frustration. Yeah, and uh, I appreciate that. I think it. Uh, I think we, the three of us, know that feeling, and we've chased it many times, and we've tried to inflict that on other people. So I, mm-hmm. I, I appreciate what he is bringing to the table. Uh, I appreciate the endless loops. I'm going to assume they were uh, they were intentional. He does. He, I think he does say kind of on the uh, on the Steam page here that he said you only move. If you only brawl if you uh, roll a dice and move onto a space. I, I think that is a uh, nice little piece that gets around the endless loop that we were we're kind of worried about. But I, I think he does address some of the rules, which makes me think that maybe he had planned some of the stuff. The latter bit at the end was hilarious. I thought uh, it was really funny. And it's not something you just initially see just from looking at the board and right. reading the rules. It, it takes a little bit of a bit of playing through to kind of see how how all that happens. Uh, I thought this was a better implementation. This felt more, it, I didn't, I, I haven't played the Cheetah Man, but I think this probably felt more like the Cheetah Man than the Sonic board game felt like Sonic. Cause like you said, in the Sonic episode, you didn't feel like you're going fast in Sonic. In this game, you felt like you were, you know, trying to grind through. You levels. felt like the game was broken. Just, <laughs> just dodge enemies. Yeah. Just get through is all you're trying to do. And yeah, you feel like the game point. is broken. Yeah. So I think this is a better implementation. You guys are 100% right. This isn't a fun game. Like if we stripped it of the theme and just said, here's a board, uh, move on to these calendar spaces and mm-hmm. try to make it to the end. You're absolutely right. This is a terrible game. But I think as far as the theming goes, it, it's one of the better implementations we've seen. And I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, I think but I'm gonna... when you're theming dog shit to dog shit, like, I, I don't know, man. I like. I, I realize I realize that maybe some of the theming is really true and how it's glitchy and you're like you're going backwards and forwards, but like at what how how big of an achievement really is that, right? I'm, if not, we're I'm, going not, by I'm the, not I'm not gonna give it a ten, but this has a this has a fan base of, of the Cheetah Men have a fan base. Like there's this website, I'm looking at the Hall of Fame, which are, I believe are the backers, and there's there's like there's like there's like five hundred people. There's like 500 people back in this. Yeah. There's there's but a lot of people is, that are back in this. This is for a new Cheetahman game? What is this? What the back, yeah, here. Backing let, what? let me send you the link. Let me send yeah, you the link. Yeah, I think they're kickstarting another one. 
Yeah, they're trying to get the the Cheetahmen two, the lost levels, to to come to fruition. So this this has a fan base. Look, I realize I realize that this has a fan base, but the whole point of the introduction well, I, of no, this episode I, no, I, I, was I to understand. crap on. I, I'm fan not gonna, I'm not going to give it a ten. I'm not. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not like I'm saying this is the holy great, cow. Great that's game. a lot of people. It's a lot of people, right? So it's you say you know comparing it to dog crap. Yeah, you're right. It's not a good game, and it's not. A, a good theme necessarily. I do, I do like what it says about the backers. It says, here are the backers. Blame them. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it, they know. Everybody fully acknowledges this is a bad, a bad, impl- or a bad game. The, the video game is a bad game. So, so I think, you know, there is a fan base for this. People like to hate it. People like to crush it. And I think the board game was a good implementation of that. And I, and I understand that you said, well, you know, the dog crap aspect of it. Well, you know, there's not to my to my knowledge, you uh, you people with the uh, cult followings may know better. Not a huge, rabid following of dog crappers. So I I think he did a good implementation. I'm not saying this is the, the greatest game of all time, but I thought the implementation was fine, especially for just throwing something you know together in college. And I you know this the tabletop simulator version of it is just an implementation of that. I don't think he necessarily tried to create this amazing game. I thought the theme was better. I enjoyed it more than the Sonic game, and I thought it was more true to theme than the Sonic game. And I think, for the most part, the mechanics are basically the same between this and the Sonic game. So I'm going to go over the Sonic game. I'm going to give this a four and a half. Wow. Yeah. Garrett, wow. I will say, I don't agree. I don't agree with your review, but I respect your myth- methodology and I respect your review. So I, Thanks. I get, I get where you're coming from. I don't personally agree. You know, I, I think in my mind, I factored in the fact that, you know, he is making a board game off of a bad theme already. Um, but I think still, <laughs> no, I, I <laughs> okay. get that. I yeah. get that. I, I think thematically this evoked those feelings and, and, you know, yeah. we, we have said on the podcast before, we prefer the Ameritrash to the, to the Euro games very often. We, we like a good theming, even if the mechanics aren't quite as tight or quite as cohesive as a Euro game. But I think, I think we like a good theming and this had a good theming and, you know, it could have used a little bit more polish, a little bit more rub, but for a guy just throwing together a board game, uh, kind of a, kind of a joke piece. I think this is uh, right on, right on cue. Right I on. gotta say, I think, I think you have the better review than me. Yeah. I, I, I would say that you're probably, you're, you're, your points are probably a little bit more fairly placed. That's pretty good. Your your logic is pretty sound, Garrett. There's really nothing more that I can say about it. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it is difficult to justify why the Origin Trail, when that is so bad, why when that's a recreation of a game that everyone knows and loves. I know yeah. that the Cheetahmen isn't as popular as Oregon Trail, right? Um, but yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense why uh, why you're making rating this so highly, at least. So I'm I'm with Jeff on this one. Respect it. Disagree, but, uh, hate disagree, it. Yeah. Respect it. <laughs> I'm walking away with a different raw emotional reaction. I don't know. I don't know what else to say over there. So I guess uh, we'll we'll let you come up with the uh, the sort of review that we'll post on the on the tabletop page here. So uh, what do you got for us, Mr. Boyks? Mm-hmm. Can anybody please help me? I'm stuck on this ladder and can't figure out how to get up. My brothers are dead. I have one HP. <laughs> the light is slowly going out of my eyes as hope fleas from my body i didn't know this is going to be a getting over a game two and a half out of ten. <laughs> two and a half out of ten very good hope flees my body that's i think that's one of my new favorite expressions right now <laughs> that you have become so destitute of any it's any potential that not the light is fading from you but hope in and of itself that that small thing that we can hold on to even that is abandoned you very dried very up excellent. all gone very well put 
Uh, so with that, if, if you have uh, if you have your own thoughts or perspectives on Cheetahman, maybe perhaps you have uh, you were one of the few to own a prestigious cartridge of Action 52 with the original Cheetahman on it, and this game is close to your heart, and maybe you took gumption with the uh, with the opening remarks towards your fandom, and you would like to defend it. Well, if you can do so in uh, a limited number of characters, then you can hit us up at Rough Draft Games on Twitter and let us know your thoughts. Still looking for more games to play, print and plays, tabletop simulator mods, online implementations, anything like that. You got any recommendations, send it our way at roughdraftgames at gmail.com. We will happily play any fan recs. We got one, one from a uh, nice lad over on our website. We're going to have to wait till the quarantine's over to play that one, though. But uh, we, we will hopefully get some more recommendations in, and uh, we'll play your games. Recommend them to us. We'll play them. And lastly, if, you, uh, if you're an Apollo fan and you think that you are uh, more of a, a scholar and you like kind of thinking about theme and how things tie together, come on over to our uh, website, roughdraftgames.com, where we, can, we have thematic posts. If you're more of an Aries guy, kind of want to speed through things, um, maybe beat things down, like we do on this, on this uh, show, Roll and Move, check out other episodes of Roll and Move. And lastly, if you just want to brute force through any, you know, any... Uh, discussions or you know encounters uh, check out our game uh, all rise where you can brute force other people in the courtroom yeah, and you can do that when you go to our website and you hop to over to the uh, all rise page you can join the emailing list uh, and you can be the first to hear when we go live on Kickstarter. It's going to be happening soon. We have all the information on the website of things that you can expect to see in the game, some of our stretch goals, a lot of the uh, a lot of the details on the product, a video that you can watch as well. So head on over there to see it. And if you don't want to do that, you can head over somewhere else. We would love it. We would be so grateful if those of you who haven't done so yet could leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps people find the show if you haven't done it yet. I've been seeing the number go up. We've been getting a little bit more five-star reviews. I appreciate yeah. the effort, guys. You got to keep doing it. You got to keep spreading the word so that we can uh, we can help expand our little uh, our little group here of people who love board games and are passionate about uh, about the bad ones especially. And uh, the more people that we get listening to this thing, the better the better chances that we're going to have of making sure that we can do this a, a little bit longer. Hopefully the, the fuel will never die out. But hey, a nice little five-star review. It helps you get up a little easier in the morning, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're right. going to end the show today, but just saying uh, thanks to a couple people. Thanks, Daniel, for uh, you know writing our, writing our intro song, our outro music. Thanks, Travis, for being our most commented person on uh, Facebook, Twitter. Thanks, uh, Thank Duano. Sorry, Dwayne and Brando for making a great Cheetahman song. Thanks yep. to uh, Dr. Morbius for creating the Cheetahman themselves. And of course, thanks to the Angry Video Game Nerd for letting Thomas know about this so we could uh, find Friend of the show, Angry Video Game Nerd. All friends of the show, we are uh, very close to every single one of those people. So uh, give them Got their love. numbers on speed dial. In fact, we're doing a big group <laughs> Skype because of the coronavirus. Thing. They're actually on the podcast right now. I don't know why they haven't talked. But yeah. thanks, for, uh, thanks for joining, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.